Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. The league certainly has no problem and is even anticipating in light of the circumstances of moving the season back to start to sometime in December. But they're not going to give up Christmas Day. And what I've heard from people is starting a couple weeks before Christmas or beginning of December would be the ideal. Uh, Gordon, let's talk about the NBA and what's going on. And uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported it first, and uh, we'll just go with his report. I thought we'd I thought we'd go ahead and stop that conversation there if that's all right with the two of you. Uh, the NBA We're talking, are you talking about uh, essentially biological processes? Correct. Yes. Oh. Yeah, very much. Uh, the NBA's Board of Governors intends to approve a league proposal on a 22 team format to restart the season in Orlando, Florida. The conference call vote is set for 12.30 Eastern on Thursday, Gordon. Uh, Commissioner Adam Silver and the League's Advisory Finance Committee have shared the broad details of a plan uh, about the return. The plan includes 13 Western Conference teams, nine Eastern Conference teams, eight regular season games, a possible play-in tournament for the eighth seed, and playoffs. So the top 16 teams in both conferences will be joined by uh, teams currently within six games of eighth place, Gordon, uh, which would be New Orleans, Portland, San Antonio, Sacramento, Phoenix, and Washington. And the play-in tournament will include the number eight and nine teams if the ninth seed finishes the regular season within four games of the eighth seed. In that case, the number eight seed enters a double elimination tournament and the ninth seed a single elimination tournament. See, I think that's pretty generous to the ninth place team. See, if you're within four games? Okay, so I thought that too until I rethought it a little bit. And maybe I still do, actually, because four is a lot. But think, yeah. about, think about this, Gordon. Those teams that I just mentioned that are outside the, the playoffs, they just went to being the worst teams in the league. So they are going to be the underdogs in every game almost and you know when they yeah. play each other they're going to be the underdogs in every game they play. There's going to be real um aggressive swings in the standings because all of a sudden you're weeding out the automatic right. Ws. Right. And so, you know, if you're playing the the Lakers, the the Clippers, the Rockets all in a row, you know, it might be wins might be tough to come by. You know what I yeah. mean? So four yeah. games might not be as wide a berth as we picture four games in our mind because all of a sudden it's going to be harder to get W's, which means you could lose ground quick uh, and you could gain ground quick. Well, this is uh, this is important in a lot of ways, not just the way you just described, but and we mentioned that uh, yesterday when we were talking about that before. We knew exactly what this was going to be. And this isn't official yet. This is just what's being reported. But the Jazz, uh, all these teams are playing eight games. The Jazz better be careful. Yep. Because the Thunder are only a game back. You got Houston two and a half back. You got Dallas two and a half back. And they they might be able to make some headway, too. I mean, what, uh, Denver's just, what, a game and a half ahead of them? The Clippers are two and a half games ahead of them. So everybody's going to have to... Uh, be ready to go uh, if, if seeding is important to them. Now, I don't know how the Lakers feel about that because maybe they feel like they've got remarkable talent and uh, this is just uh, going through the motions here. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I understand that it. it's a different season. It's weird. 
uh, to have this kind of break in the in, toward the end of it. But uh, I, I guess it's growing on me a little bit. I think it's all right. I, I was in favor of going straight to the playoffs, but maybe this will be okay this way as long as everybody can stay safe. But I still think that four-game gap from eight to nine is that that even I understand what you said, Jake, but I. I think that is uh, a fairly wide gap. And uh, we wondered whether there would be any Eastern Conference non-playoff teams involved in anything. And sure enough, there are the Wiz. So, yeah. It, it also works in Phoenix's favor because they, you know, some people thought they might be left out. And now they have an opportunity. Meanwhile, you have teams that are not qualifying for any of this who are upset. One, because they don't have an opportunity to continue to develop their team. Two, they think uh, nine months is a long time to go between games. Uh, so they're campaigning. If they can't get into this, then they're campaigning for a fall league. Some kind of competitive structure where their teams won't have to just sit on the sidelines for that amount of time, which is a long, long time. I will grant them that. Yeah, I have I have sympathy for that. But, well, I mean, pretty much every single one of our NBA guests that, uh, that we've had on ha- has said in some way, shape, or form, not everybody is going to be happy with this. Yeah. And, uh-huh. you know, it's unfortunate. I, I do. I have, I have sympathy for that. I think you're, you're Atlanta. You're a developing team. You want to get Trey Young minutes, game experience. You want to get him uh, uh, on the same page as Clint Capella. I mean, you, you know, they have some motivations to to play these games because they're developing teams. These aren't uh, necessarily veteran teams that would benefit from rest. So I, I certainly can sympathize with that and would embrace any solution like a fall league if possible or something that they could come up with. But the truth is, I mean, no solution was going to please everybody. It just wasn't going to happen. You know, my response to those teams that are complaining about not getting in would be you should have played better earlier. You know? I mean, nobody could have forecast this. Nobody knew this was happening other than Madame Zelda out there somewhere. We didn't know. Nobody knew. And so, it, I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, I, 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 it's not completely fair, but it's not completely unfair. A little addendum to this as well. Adrian Wojnarowski sent this out. He said, while players and coaches will be allowed to golf and eat at outdoor restaurants in Disney, they will also be required to maintain social distancing. Uh, okay. What I don't understand is somebody was saying the way the players are going to sit on the bench, they have to be a certain amount of distance apart from each other. Uh, how does that make sense when these guys are out on the court getting in each other's jocks? Playing defense and banging into each other and being in very close proximity. So I'm not sure I understand exactly what the rest of that is. That feels like, um, and I don't mean this as negatively as it's going to sound, but that's that's uh, there's a little propaganda to that. Okay. A little. Yeah. You're going to send the message that you're being careful. I mean, it, ideally, the bubble concept is that you don't have to to worry about the transmission. Even though, as we've talked many many times, you know the risk is always there. You know, the idea is to minimize the risk enough that you don't really have to worry about it and can continue on. I I think those types of things are just I I think they're signals you're sending to everybody that you're taking it seriously and you're still mitigating risk, even when the risk has been mitigated to, you know, a, a very slight amount. So that that would be my answer or my guess. One thing I haven't read, uh, Jake, so far in these more recent reports, I haven't seen. How often will the testing be happening? 
Uh, I have not seen that official yeah. word uh, yet either. But I, I, I think we can assume that it's going to be a regular process. Right. With enough uh, testing required, if somebody, if they did get a positive test, they could test, you know, everybody on the team or everybody that uh, talked to that player in the last whatever hour period. So and I think I read somewhere where the family access will be greatly limited. Uh, yes. Um, or at least maybe until the postseason. Well, here's this from uh, from the same report. The NBA is planning to have uniform daily testing for the coronavirus within the Disney campus environment. Okay. If All a player right. tests positive for the virus, the league's intent would be to remove that player from the team quarantine and treat individually and continue to test other team members as they play on. So you're just you're you're hoping to catch it before the the spread can be significant. I wonder what will happen if there are two or more players who test positive. You just play on? Yeah, I think they're just saying you you pull them off the line. Hopefully you caught it before it spread, you know, with within the whole team and you can play on. What if three or four? See, there's wiggle room for real mystery with this whole thing. I, I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, I'm kind of glad if they can do it safely i'm glad but there is that other side of it where you wonder how it's going to well what if there's that what if there and nobody wants to see any of that happen but it's certainly well, not no, no, outside but, the realm of possibility but but here's here's how i would here's how i would answer that because you're right nothing is outside the round uh, realm of possibility I, I, but if you are testing every day the likelihood of five players testing positive on the same exact day, mm, I, that's got to be extraordinarily. Yeah, but this is going to drag on for months. Right, but that's I mean, on the same day, having half your team test positive. I mean, the, the likelihood of that has got to be next to nothing. Yeah, and if you if you nip it in the bud before it has a chance to spread on, then you know you you kind of reset to zero, right? You reset the likelihood, you reset the odds to zero. I mean, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you that anything's possible and you need to prepare for these scenarios. But I, if, if we're looking at, like, odds, I would say the odds of that are, are extremely low. Yeah, I, I imagine. Yeah, I would agree with that. So, but I mean, and could... that's what all this is about is mitigating and, and improving your odds. I mean, because yeah. as, as we've discussed for a long time, nothing, you know, <laughs> nothing carries zero risk. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I think the NBA, I, I, gotta, I applaud the NBA. I, I think they've handled this about as well as any league could have. And this was not my preference, but uh, I, the more I think about it, the more I think, hey, this might turn out okay, or at least as best as possible under these circumstances. Well, remember when we were talking about this, I think it was last week, the biggest, the biggest question, and this is the information that, that none of us in the media, at least right now, has, is the logistics is the hard part. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Adam Silver, and again, we've, we've talked about this too, we're, we're all, the NBA community, putting a lot of faith uh, in Adam Silver that he's going to make the right decisions. And so if he looks at the logistics and says they can, he believes that they can pull off this thing with 22 teams, well, then I'm, I'm inclined to trust him. Because that's, that's the biggest question. Everybody who, who doles out an opinion doesn't have the answer or even remotely to that question. So we've all got to trust that Adam Silver and the NBA can pull this off logistically? Because that's the, that's the biggest question mark. Yeah, and 
And we talked about it earlier. I mean, I, have you been to Disney World? Have you been to Disney down there? I have not been to the wide world of sports. I've been to Disney World, yes. But. Okay, you've been to that area. It's huge. Well, I mean, it, it's a big, big area. 40 square miles, right? It's, it's bigger than Manhattan. But I wonder about the accessibility to hotels, I, I, you know, and especially the kinds of hotels these guys are used to staying in. I, I know, given this, what's going on in our world uh, right now, health uh, and, and safety and equality are the big questions of the day. But it, you do, you know, you don't sit here and fret too much about, oh, man, those poor NBA players. One, of them, one team is going to be staying at a five-star hotel. And, and those poor other guys, man, they got to go all the way down to a four-star, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, Gordon, I've got one word for you, or what I think is one word. Monorail. <laughs> Disney yeah, World has gotta, the monorail. You still got to stay. You still got to sleep in a bed. You still got to have you know room service because you don't want to be ordering out for a pizza. You know. Well, they can go to outdoor yeah. restaurants, Gordon. Oh, I have pizza. Oh, I forgot you poisoned Michael Jordan. Uh, hey, real quick here, covering uh, Disney World, forty square miles. Walt Disney World is about the size of San Francisco or two Manhattan islands. I remember when they built that place and it was it was I remember looking at the maps, looking at the pictures of the aerial shots. Huge. And then when I went there, I, you know, I went there for uh, as a part of my uh, senior year in high school or uh, a bunch of buddies of mine. We all got together and we went on down there. Roller coasters and, were around back then. Yeah, they, they were wooden. And was, they, were was, nailed, they were nailed together. Was the they, only ride a Steamboat Willie theme? And a carousel. <laughs> I'll never forget, we were there on July 2nd. Uh, could you be there at a busier time, and could you be there at a hotter time? No, on both counts. But we had we had so much fun. We were just there for one day, and then we went down and stayed at the beach. But uh, I, I looked around, I said, this place is Big, and then when I took my kids down there, uh, it, it went. I couldn't believe it was bigger than I remembered it being. Everything, I mean, all over the place. So it's not like these guys will be in a situation where they're isolated in some corner of the world. I mean, they'll have some area to roam, and as you said, they'll be able to play golf. Did they allow for other things? Uh, not that were mentioned specifically that I've seen. So, but I'm sure so just, uh, you know shuffleboard it, is out. I I, th- I think this is better than the Vegas option. Why is that? You know? I, I I don't know. I just think it seems like it's a little more. Uh, what's the word? Uh, not it's not contained, but it's it's kind of all in that same place. If they were in Vegas, they'd be all over the place, wouldn't they? I don't know. Maybe maybe the strip is smaller than the area you're talking about down in Disney. I'm sure you could have pulled it off in Vegas. I mean, maybe it's easier in Orlando, but I I I, I truly think if these big leagues, these you know billions and billions of dollars leagues, they can put their mind and come up with some sort of solution given the parameters that we're all operating under, and it, the, the NBA is doing that. Maybe it was easier in Orlando. That's why they selected there. I would guess it's because ESPN is their television partner, so they kind of, you know, they've got to go through some hoops with that, too, so you might as well 
give them the pub of doing it there. I don't know. But I, I, I bet they could have pulled it off anywhere. And what kind of role is Vegas casinos remaining open throughout this whole thing playing into their decision? Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot more public access that's in true. Vegas right now than there is in Orlando. the Epcot Center. Yeah. I wonder what which people are going to be seen as being uh, essential for this kind of putting this kind of production on. I mean, you got, obviously got the players, and you got the coaches, and then you got the officials, people who run the clock, and all that stuff. Who else is essential? Well, I mean, a television crew, however, I mean, it'd have to be bare bones, but we're still talking about a bunch of people. Building security. I mean, we... It would be impossible to probably list out each individual because there's there's behind the scenes folks that, I mean we we I heard Locke talk about this like, uh, can you take your social media person, you know can you take uh, what about reporters is it gonna have to be a pool reporter do do national reporters go I mean I just there's a lot of unanswered questions there I don't know if we could really, but the the number we saw yesterday was what seventy people a team. And that's not we're not talking about the the crew required to to stage the whole bubble environment. I mean, you know, we could never get down into the weeds of the front desk people at the hotel. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. How big are the gyms? Does it matter? Well, I just wondered how much, uh, you know, how far apart. Are we talking about high school type gyms? Are we talking about major arenas? I think there are cue the line from Hoosiers. I think there are they're set up. See with, that hoop right there? <laughs> yeah, right. They're it's all the same size. What are you talk, talking about? I meant I meant baseline to baseline. Too. They have those uh, the wide world of sports. They they host like kids camps there, right? So they they have those gyms with basketball courts that are just back to back to back to back. I'd imagine that's what they're using. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a, picture a big barn with a dozen basketball courts because. So will games be going like uh, from seven in the morning until? 10 o'clock I think night? they said the first ones are going to start at noon somewhere, right? There, noon Eastern. So, And then they'll just do almost like your college football Saturday, Gordon, where you have the time slots. Mm-hmm. So the first games will start at noon. Second games start at, and we're talking Eastern here, so it would be 10. You know, start at 10 here. So like March Madness times. Uh, yes, exactly. You, you give, you know, three hours to get a game in and a break and then start the next game. So maybe you have four or five time slots where you can play games. I mean, it's going to be a smorgasbord of NBA basketball. Like, it it, it actually has the, the potential to be really, really cool, I think. That sounds pretty cool, you know? I it just sounds awesome. Healthy, that's all. I mean, we haven't, we haven't seen basketball for how many months, and when it does come back at the end of July, we're going to have – wall-to-wall basketball all day, every day for at least, what, first few weeks? What if people decide they like this better? <laughs> I don't uh, think that doing a bubble environment for an NBA season is, is permanently possible. So I don't think, I don't uh, I don't think their whole, opinion is going to matter much. We have a whole generation of sports fans who have grown up watching games on TV. I know, but they still have to make some money at the gate. Forty That's 40% of revenue. Yeah, I know. I know. And you can't, you know, get under normal circumstances, you can't fill a 20,000-seat arena at noon on a Tuesday. I'll tell you, though, if fans, if if a small number of fans could get access to tickets, can you imagine getting a day pass to this kind of thing? It'd be awesome. Oh, it'd be Holy incredible. Cow. It'd be incredible. Including playoff games? Okay, uh, if you were a basketball fan, I wonder, uh, you know, 
and it meant that you have to go through the whole rigmarole and it's just you going and you have to get tested every day and you have to spend that time away from your family, would you do it? If you could just watch all game, all these games. No, I wouldn't. I wonder if there are fans uh, of basketball that are that diehard that I they do there it. Are, there are plenty. I bet there are plenty, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gordon, let's, let's get to this real quick, but I want our listeners to brainstorm a little bit, and let's see if we can come up with some ideas throughout the show. But ESPN uh, has an article out there, Dave uh, McMiniman, uh, talking about how the NBA is batting about ideas of how to get a home court advantage feel to the playoffs, Mm -hmm. right? And so here's some of the ideas, and these aren't all of them, mind you, but some of the ideas that ESPN is is reporting that they're batting about. And I'm wondering if we and our listeners can do better. Um, Actually, some of these are pretty good, though. Here, the higher-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the traditional jump ball to begin the game. Uh, the higher seed team being allowed to designate one player to be able to be whistled for seven fouls instead of six before fouling out. Uh, the higher seeded team receiving an extra coach's challenge. The higher seeded teams being able to transport their actual hardwood home court from their arenas to Orlando to try to preserve the feel of their home playing experience. Uh, and uh, one more, an off-court feature in which playoff teams, in order of seating 1 through 16, receive first choice on picking which hotel they will stay at in the ESPN Worldwide of Sports Complex at Disney World Resort. ESPN is uh, owned by Walt Disney. So there, there are some of the uh, ideas that are out there. Gordon, any, uh, do, do you like one, dislike one? What do you think? I think they're all dumb. I don't think all they're all of them. I don't think they're all they're dumb. They're all dumb. Well, how? how? Well, you cannot have a situation on the court where you're giving by rule one team an advantage over the other. Why not? It's because you can't do that. Playing a home game, that's that's a rule. You get an well, advantage know, playing a then, home but game. But that's, but that's, that's what they're that's, trying that's to capture. Different. I understand that. But if you give one team an extra coach's challenge, come on, you can't do that. Why not? It's unfair. They don't play neutral games in, in the NBA. There's always a certain built-in unfairness. Maybe if you want to bring in the court. but uh, See, that's that, the dumbest one. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, but I, <laughs> They're I'm all the to, same material. Yeah, that's you can't, the, you can't that, change the rules to favor one team over another. You just can't. Well, the hotel draft isn't changing any sort of rule. And <laughs> I kind of like some of these. I, I didn't like the sixth foul one. I do like the... I like the higher-seeded team being awarded the first possession of the second, third, and fourth quarters following the jump ball, and here's why. Because if you think about it, how many points do you think you get from being at home? In football, the gamblers say three, right? Basketball is probably maybe a little bit more, but not much. So by awarding an extra possession, you know, you... Make up for some of that, I think. Yeah, is that what point. that is that what that amounts to? Is just one extra possession? Well, it w- it could be two in some cases, depending okay, on so who wins the I, depending I, on who wins the jump ball. I think that's too much of an advantage. Well, I mean, those aren't even guaranteed points. It's just two extra possessions. Yeah, I know, I know. It's like uh, if, I think they ought to that's let not too much. They ought to let one team have Vuvuzelas on the bench to distract the other team's free throw shooters, but that team doesn't get any noisemakers, and they have to stay silent. How about the underdog? Well, we said they wouldn't be changing the rules on the court. How about the underdog has to wear uh, shoes on the wrong feet? Brilliant. 
This is great. Like if you were for the, at least half of the if game, you were yeah. the road team, you have to play with your shoes on the wrong left feet. on right, right on left, right. Yeah, I, I, I that's a little severe. I'd say maybe just wear a shoe that's uh, a size too big. What if we gave the home team water balloons and they could launch <laughs> water balloons from the bench at the opponent? How about how about you you poison the road team the night before? Ah. Gordon, you know about that. Don't yeah, you? yeah. yeah you, only do it's that me who poisoned the pizza. We, you, you, you poison a bunch of pizzas and you make the road team eat them on live TV. <laughs> oh, yeah, even better, televise it. Well, as I found out when I did that to Michael Jordan, it didn't work. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing is you have to overcome. You're the road team, and in that circumstance, Michael Jordan not only overcame a raucous Delta Center at the time, but also the poisoning. How about for the first and third quarters, the visiting team can only shoot layups and nothing else? Hmm. How about the visiting team, you designate one player that has to play the whole game? (laughs) (laughs) If that were the case, who would you pick on the Jazz? Donovan Mitchell or Rudy? Rudy. Is it it the choice of the other team? No, no, no. I think it, it would have to be your choice. But just okay. know that Rudy, if in this circumstance, by the end of the game, he's, and he's that's gonna, a seven-game series. He's going to be gassed. Uh, you could make one team run backward. That's a great idea. Uh, see, now you're jumping on board here, Gordon. We can do uh, this. I believe in us. It's funny, but it's stupid. At Jake Scott Zone, at Gordon Monson. At Austin Horton. I, I honestly, a couple of these I don't think are stupid. The the hotel one, I really don't think that's stupid. I think that could give you an advantage. The, the possession one, wait, wait, I don't wait, think wait, that wait. that's, I don't think that's stupid. How does sleeping in a bed give you an advantage? Because if it's a bed a nice at the Ritz bed. or a bed at Tom Bodell, leave the light on. <laughs> right. See, you get more rest. Where you're bunking with the, the yeah. backup. You know, staying at the nicer hotel might actually soften you up a little bit. It might. See? You never know. I'd still, if it were me, I'd pick the, the nicer one. Maybe you'd get some, uh, you know, some coach out there that, uh, that wants to motivate his players, and they would actually pick the lesser hotel. Ah. Huh? How about, how about something like this? How about a, a coach uh, who disallowed from talking to his players for a quarter? Yeah, see? Now you're thinking. All right, stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.